0: listen in to find out how cloud-based employee management systems can cut down the time you spend on rostering and payroll by up to 85 percent plus if you're coming to my session at pbn then you're in the right place
1: welcome to the transformation show where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing
0: technology Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all the tools, all that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours. And we are now into episode 28. I did miss last week at 27. That was the six month anniversary of transformation. I could not believe that we crossed that without mentioning it. Um, It's been absolutely a great journey so far. I hope you're all getting a lot of value out of it. I know that from the feedback that I get every week and certainly the statistics that I see as to how far the show is going into the world and also the number of listeners that we pick up every single week that everyone seems to be enjoying it. So Please do not hesitate to ever let me know what can be changed or what could be added to the show to give you more of the tools that you need to build that 21st century pharmacy. So we've got a huge episode today. We've got Michael Hazilius from HRM Web and we'll get to his interview very, very shortly. You won't be believed as to what can actually be done with cloud-based software and how easy it is to get started. But before I start with that, I wanted to talk about PBN and I'm excited. Um, For those of us in Australia, I think we'll all be familiar with the late Big Kev, but I'm excited uh, to deliver the workshop that I'm doing tomorrow, which is on how you can effectively communicate with your team in only 20 minutes a week. So if you're coming to that session, you are in the right place right now to find out how you can get maximum value out of the session. So, you need to bring your smartphone and your laptop. If you can't bring a laptop, just bring a smartphone. That'll do quite well. If you can register for some free versions of SoundCloud, SurveyMonkey, MailChimp, YouTube, which is included in any Google account, Um, and actually install those on your smartphone, either being an Apple or an Android. They are all free. And also perhaps even YouTube Capture, which is an Apple uh, application because it comes by default with Android as well. Those things you'll need for the session. Uh, You might guess by the nature of those why you need them, but if you want to get a little bit more insight and you want to get ahead of everyone else, head across to robertstar.com, go to the podcast, get out episode three and episode eight. And if you listen to those ones before tomorrow, then you will be cherry ripe to go for our session tomorrow afternoon. So please make sure you do that and you'll get maximum value out of the session. Also at PBN, If you want to get hold of Transformation, I'm opening it up for all PBN delegates to get hold of it before the launch date on the 15th. If you want to do that, just head across to Twitter. I'll be on there tweeting every day for the whole conference. And you can actually order via Twitter. So just hit me up on Twitter, mention me, at Robert Starr. And you can come and see me at the afternoon tea break to pick it up or if you'd like to and have it delivered to you next week so that you don't have to carry it around at the conference, you can go across to robertstar.com forward slash shop and you can do that and pay for it and it'll be with you next week in your pharmacy as well. If you've placed a pre-order, I can tell you that those packages that you're going to be getting are gonna come out to you and you'll see them first thing on Monday morning. And what you're gonna get if, you, if you're listening and you've placed the pre-order, you're not just going to get a copy of the book. It's going to be personalized, signed by me. And you're also going to get a transformation launch show bag as well. So there's going to be some transformation pens. And I think pens are a rare commodity in our pharmacies right now because none of the suppliers seem to provide us with any. So I'd like to be able to do that. And also a commemorative key cup which is essentially an environmentally friendly coffee cup that you can have um, to have your coffee break and catch up with the Transformation Show. There is a podcast QR code on that cup and also there's a water bottle that you're going to get as well. I don't think we drink enough water during our busy days in pharmacy, so I'd like to help with that as well. But also the QR code, And for those who are listening and thinking, well, what is a QR code? Well, I'm going to post all these links that I've just mentioned even for PBN and also for this on uh, robertstar.com in the show notes for this particular episode 28. And you'll be able to actually just download a free application on your phone. And I recommend one called iNigma. Uh, And basically all it does is it just allows a barcode to carry out instructions on your phone so you don't need to. So by scanning that particular QR code on your phone, you'll be taken to the very latest episode of transformation. So you don't ever have to do any more than that. Obviously you can subscribe through iTunes, but not everyone's on Apple anymore. And we're gonna talk a little bit later on because I've been asked by a lot of listeners this week as to what I think of the Apple and Samsung launches. So I'm gonna talk about that in just a moment. But we've reached launch day. Transformation is officially launched to the world on Monday the 15th of September. For our listeners today, you can go to Amazon and you can go to iBooks already and order from there as well. I I will give you the tip off there. I'm not gonna advertise that until Monday. uh, But if you'd like to and you're listening overseas and you've been thinking, how can I get hold of Transformation? You can do that by either way. And that includes having the printed copy sent to you Or if you prefer eBooks and you're on an Amazon Kindle or some other eBook device, uh, you can download Transformation as an eBook as well. So really, really easy. If you also want to note on 15th of September, I'm going to be releasing some special launch bundles which are going to include some additional value that I can provide for you as the author of Transformation. So things that you'll be able to get benefit out of to really accelerate your journey with transformation. And also the transformation community goes live on Monday as well. I cannot wait to see you in there. It's free to join. There's nothing that you need to do other than put your name and email address in and you'll be in there quicker than you can say transformation. It'll be live on Monday. I'll be in there every single day answering your questions on pharmacy and technology, and also all of our pharmacy owners who have already registered, and we've got 52 registered already. I cannot believe that, and I look forward to meeting you all on Monday. You'll be able to get stuck into your workbook so you can personalize the transformation journey for you and your business, you'll be able to access special resources that I've provided that will not be on robertstar.com or anywhere else. It's only for motivated pharmacy owners like you, for the transformation community, and also the case studies that have been promised in the book as well. So things that have taken from my 15 years of experience of how you can partner with technology in your business, And that might even be touching on the PBN topic of communicating with your team. There may be a case study around that. I cannot give as much detail as I do in the workshop because literally you would not want to be listening to a podcast for a long period of time to get that done. Plus, it also depends on you and your business and what your team is as well. So you do need to get an understanding of that. The workshop will help you if you're coming along. But also, the presentations like the workshop, if you are not in Melbourne, and you can't get to PBN, then I do have I do have an agreement with the Pharmacy Guild that they're gonna give me a copy of the video presentation and we'll be able to share that with all of our, our Transformation members inside the community. So you'll be able to see that hopefully in a few weeks. But to kick you off, you'll be able to access all the video footage from Pharmacy Freedom, so that'll really get you started. So I'm so looking forward to Monday, I can't wait to see you all in there, and we can be even discussing this episode in there as well, and perhaps what I'm about to talk to you about as well. So, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I've had a few listeners contact me with the uh, Samsung launches only about three or four days ago, and the Apple launch yesterday as well, and to what I actually think that these devices may mean for pharmacy. And... I guess, first and foremost, we may be thinking, well, they're personal devices. They don't relate to the workplace. And perhaps even the screen size has been limiting in terms of what we can do in pharmacy. But I think there's a bit to it. And I've got a few key learnings that I've picked up from those launches. And also how I think they can be relevant for our pharmacies as well. So the iPhone 6 is a larger screen than the normal iPhone. It's 4.7 inches as opposed to 4 inches. And the iPhone 6 Plus is a 5.5 inch screen. So it's a much, much larger screen than what we're used to. And it's what it's actually called is a phablet. So it's almost a cross between a tablet and a phone. So I'm labelling that as almost an iPad killer. For those of us who have an iPhone and iPad, it may actually be the reason we need to actually not have to carry two devices at any one stage. The screen may be large enough, so for those of us who have had iPad minis, um, I dare say that's an iPad mini killer definitely, but it may also be an iPad killer as well. And the other reason I think it may also do that is that it's going to have a longer battery life. You're going to have a standby time of nearly three days and about 16 hours of talk time and app time on there. So for those of us who have always been... I guess down to a wall or to a power outlet and always struggle to really charge our devices throughout the day and had to purchase battery sleeves and all of these types of accessories to be able to get ourselves through the day. This is a real step up for Apple and the functionality's gone up as well, which ultimately you would think would be more battery demanding, but it's really going to play a significant role in being able to give us a much better experience with Apple. Um, and also not chain us to our AC power outlets as well. There's also a faster microprocessor in there and also a barometer as well. So there's so many little sensors in there and I won't bore you with all the technical details, but they're gonna be able to work out a lot of information about us and be able to use that information to actually help us on our everyday journeys as well. So that might be even if we're um, climbing mountains or exercising, we'll have accelerometer sensors that have already existed in there as well to tell you how fast you're going and also just comparing the conditions to perhaps if you are a keen runner um, to actually know exactly how closely married your previous run was to that one and whether the conditions were the same and whether that may have influenced the different time that you may be able to do. So really a lot of opportunity that's opening up there and particularly also with the professional services applications that we may be using. So Guildcare is only available for iPad at the moment, but I dare say if, if we've got anyone from Guildcare uh, listening, I dare say you may want to make an iPhone app as well because with the uh, iPhone 6 and the larger screen, it may actually be a much better fit for each individual pharmacy. And certainly if these devices get taken up anywhere near as much as the Galaxy Note series, and I'll talk about them in a moment, um, you may actually have employees who are quite happy to have those apps lo- loaded onto their own phones and that the business actually doesn't need to purchase an additional device on top of that. So really, um, really good opportunity there. And also with some of the health information hubs that we've got in our pharmacies like HealthPoint, you may also be able to load those on there and actually have a large enough screen for a pharmacist to be able to pull out and show the patient some health information as they're going through there. And it really does to start to consolidate our reference libraries, so things like MIMS, the AMH, uh, therapeutic guidelines, they may all be able to fit very nicely onto a uh, phablet screen. So lots of opportunity there. Um, NFC payments, so near field communication is what NFC stands for. And what that effectively means that all of the Media that we've heard about in tap and go and how we've got credit cards now that we just tap onto a screen, that technology is being impregnated into the smartphone. So it really does remove the need to actually have credit cards. So we are getting very close to that walletless society that has all been forecasted for quite a while now. And also, I believe, the death of the loyalty cards. So for pharmacies, pharmacy owners who are listening and who have loyalty cards and you've got loyalty systems, I'd be talking to your vendors about those, about how they plan on actually integrating that into a phone device uh, as opposed to continuing down the card path. I dare say people are always going to have their phone with them Whereas uh, I think uh, particularly for our male audience, well including myself, uh, we always struggle to keep those loyalty cards in our wallets because we just simply do not have enough room. And obviously our our female counterparts have much larger wallets and certainly my wife has always managed to keep all of her loyalty cards together whereas I simply may only be able to carry one or two. So that's going to help to solve that problem as well. Um, It also acts as a way of engaging with our patients as well. So in terms of how we engage with our patients in store, I spoke about after CBIT 2014 about iBeacons and NFC has a very, very similar possibility in being able to do that. And in fact, Apple haven't flagged that they're not going to be using their iBeacon technology to be able to communicate with patients. So where that's actually relevant is when you've got a patient who walks into for example, your vitamin section, that what it actually does is it enables the pharmacy to know where that patient is in that store and actually automatically push out a personalized offer to that patient. So. For example, it's just helping helping us know a little bit more about our customers and our patients and if we find that they were a, are we a user of fish oil or glucosamine or a multivitamin of a particular brand, then while they're standing in front of that, we may actually want to reward them for returning to our stores and push an offer out to them as opposed to sending out these direct emails that often get tr- thrown in the trash and find annoying. We're actually giving the offer at the right time to our customers and helping obviously them get some value from coming back to the store but also from a business perspective being able to grow your basket size as well and that's really practical and again using these technologies that can be automated and certainly the loyalty card providers and loyalty program providers really should be having a good look at this because i think it can really take what was a great concept in the 1990s and 2000s of having loyalty cards, uh, but certainly it makes it far more relevant to the patient when they're actually visiting the physical store environment. So also the, there's also the Apple iWatch as well, and that also has the capability of having near-field communication. So again, rather than a patient having to take their wallet out, they could literally just tap their watch onto a sensor next to our registers and actually be able to pay for that as well. As well as also Apple, as we well know, and who hasn't been caught by this, is whenever you're buying an application or you're buying an app on the phone, It's very, very easy to do that because Apple already holds your credit card details and you can literally do it in one click. So what that technology is actually gonna be licensed to banks and financial institutions to be able to pay using that same technology and uh, all this big four Australian banks are in discussions with Apple at the moment as to how that's actually going to be rolled out. Probably not till 2015. And again, also with the watch, not till 2015 as well. But again, we can start to forecast that payments in our stores are going to get a lot simpler. And certainly that process of having patients waiting considerable time in line to exit our pharmacies, having had a great experience with our pharmacists and professional staff, that they don't actually have to get held up by a long arduous line at the till. So I think all of our point of sale vendors should be looking at this as well, Um, but there's a great opportunity. now for those of us who are really, really keen, uh, who want to get the Apple devices straight away, um, I've heard of a great little case study that's going on at the moment. And for some of our savvy listeners, you may already be familiar with a service called AirTasker. but it's effectively where you can actually put a bid on to a little job that you need done even lining up at the Apple store. So if you want to be one of the first people to get hold of an iPhone, um, and you don't want to go through competitions and all of that, plus you've got a pharmacy business to run, you can actually pay someone to stand in line for you. And if you really want to, you can swap your place in line with them on the actual second that the the, the, Apple store opens and enjoy all the hype, or you can quite simply just have them come and bring it to your pharmacy as well. And there's been some bids on there up to about $150. So if you're ultra keen, there's a really good way you can do that and run your business at the same time. So what else? What other opportunities as well is there? Well, I I guess also you may also look at some of the other other offers that are available out there at the moment. Disney's actually taking up uh, near field communication and also Walgreens in the US, which is the largest pharmacy chain in the world, are starting to use uh, near field communication and iBeacons with Apple. So I'm going to follow those really closely and when I've got some more details, I'm going to be able to give those and share those with you as well so enough about apple i think anyone listening to that would think Geez, he's not going to talk about Samsung, he's just stuck on Apple. So Samsung brought out what was called the Galaxy Note 4, which is again the most equivalent to the iPhone 6, iPhone 6 Plus. Um, and ultimately, those who are familiar with our Android devices, it's a little bit quicker, more battery efficient, has a high resolution camera than iPhone. Uh, but certainly if you are already in the Apple ecosystem and you've got a Mac and you've got other things. Uh, to make the big change, it is a big change. So don't ever take that lightly if you are just having a hissy fit with Apple and want to get rid of it. If you are do have their products embedded into your lifestyle, just be prepared for quite a bit of change in being able to do that. They did also bring out another watch as well, which is now can also be an independent phone device. So for those of us who follow Dick Tracy, uh, who grew up in the 80s, uh, you'll be able to have a Dick Tracy watch. You'll be able to actually have your SIM card in a watch and literally just talk and have a speaker in there as well. Uh, I think the most significant thing that uh, they brought out was the Gear VR. Um, and the Gear VR was um, basically a virtual reality headset. And I think we've always forecasted that these things may come out at some point. Um, and at this point, it's only available for those who purchase a Note 4, and uh, the Note 4 goes into the front of it. And there's been some great um, applications, probably not in the professional and business sense just yet but I'll talk about that in a second. But you can play some great games in that environment, but you can even watch the circus live and actually have the experience of being on stage with the circus and uh have things thrown at you and you need to dodge your head move your head to actually avoid them. So uh, quite exciting. Uh but I think the application for pharmacies really in the retail experience are uh, marrying that hybrid and hybrid uh physical and digital environment. So you may get to a point where we do have a great hybrid of physical and digital, so that your patients can interact with you in the very same way as they do by walking into your physical pharmacy, by going into the digital space and walking into a digital version of the same pharmacy, which would be quite amazing. And literally just be able to actually walk around and pick products off the shelf as they would be doing in physical capability, having that linked with payment gateways and delivery services. It's all available and possible I believe in not too in the not too distant future so i'll certainly be following that and I'll, uh, I'll let you know where we can go with that and uh, how we can do it so in a nutshell, um, I think that uh, the, the bigger uh, Androids and also um, Apple devices uh, are going to probably lead to a reduction in the amount of tablets that we need, particularly in the business place. But also it gives us an opportunity to actually ask, ask our team whether they actually mind using their own phones in our workplaces as opposed to needing to buy these tablet devices for the pharmacy and uh, have to obviously maintain them as well. So I think there's some great opportunities there and I hope that was very comprehensive in answering the question. Our interview today is with Michael Hazilius. He's the CEO of HRM Web and he's got a technical software background and the majority of his time is now spent in partnership with the pharmacy industry, assisting with their specific pains and requirements around workforce management. In a nutshell, making staff management easy. Michael Hazilius, welcome
1: to the Transformation Show. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: Ah, uh, fantastic! Great to have you have you here, and uh, it's good to compare, obviously, the uh, the weather contrast between Canberra and Melbourne as well. And uh, obviously, great to catch up with you at Pharmacy Business Network coming up this Friday.
1: Yeah, mate. Look, absolutely. As I said, four seasons in one day, but hopefully you uh you'll show us some good weather there on Friday, mate.
0: Absolutely. Look, we hope so. But uh, as you know, Melbourne can always turn that on. So Michael, I always love to get a story at the beginning of these episodes. And um, I'd love to know how you got started in obviously HRM Web and how how your company got formed, but also how you got into pharmacy as well and uh, what challenges you're looking to meet for pharmacy owners.
1: Yeah, no, great. Look, um, I started in business around 15 years ago, actually. So I was a bit of a young snapper back then, always related to IT uh, in one form or another. Um, I guess the business story really comes out of uh, my final year uni project, which was in 2005. Where basically doing our final project. We noticed a gap for a good uh, cloud-based roster solution and really started development of a solution there in that project. And look, the, the project was a success through uni. And then from there we actually formed HRM web in 2007 and and uh, that was with my business partner who had actually spent a number of years in pharmacy at that point so we continued to develop the roster solution and I suppose we sort of we, we evolved the product from just being a roster solution into an end-to-end workforce management solution so covering everything from rosters and timesheets right through into award interpretation and payroll and because um, James had had a, a background in Um, pharmacy, um, our first, you know, number of clients were in pharmacy and we sort of evolved from there. So, look, uh, we now, basically from there, we now assist over 400 businesses and there's still a a significant chunk uh, that are actually in pharmacy and, you know, we we help them tackle the the challenges they face. Um, Look, in in terms of the challenges, um, I guess there's probably, look, there's a few key problems I think we see or, or challenges that we see in pharmacy. Uh, a definite one is a, a lack of efficiency in the way that they manage their staff. And look, I suppose it's largely because of inefficient operating procedures, uh, particularly things like availability management, um, rostering, timesheets, payroll processing. And I mean, look, we still come across businesses using paper to manage availability and rostering employees and timesheets and the like. So they are pretty inefficient uh, at times. Um, another one would be, uh, look, one that we see that's common is I suppose the lack of, um, ph- some pharmacists actually embracing the fact that they are retailers and there are a lot of principles that go along with, with retail in terms of effective staff management. Um, you know, ensuring you have adequate staffing levels during the day so you can effectively convert sales is a, is a pretty key one. Um, managing budgets, uh, reviewing labour costs against what was planned as well and seeing what those variances are. Um, relating cost to revenue, you know, labour as a percentage of sales is a key KPI for that. And then looking at things like the trends during the year as well. You know, so coming up to Christmas, you might need more staff or things like that.
0: Mm, no, um, absolutely. Yes.
1: Yep. Um, look, a, cu- a couple others that just come to mind while it's fresh, mate. So look, one, one that we see as well is a bit of difficulty tackling the pharmacy award too. And look, we're not surprised about this one because, you know, Australia's pay conditions are very complicated and, and the pharmacy award is no different. So, but look, if you can't effectively manage that, that leads to payroll inefficiencies. Uh, overpayments is a common one that we're tackling. Some, some of our farms have been ordered by Fair Work and look, with, with our solutions that passed and the previous, previously they haven't. Um, and picking up, um, you know, we constantly pick up overpayments, mate, you'd be surprised. There was one the other day where uh, a client was actually paying the penalty rates on top of the loaded casual rate. Um, and that was actually costing, you know, costing thousands of dollars a year. But look, lastly, mate, the key one, though, is just the lack of technology. And this is why I think what you're doing is great is, is you know, if they're not using technology in the business, it is very hard to improve any of the stuff.
0: Yeah, no, look, absolutely, Michael. And, you know, what we, what we focus on is I believe that there are three key areas that I think pharmacies need to be embracing if they are going to be successful. And you've hit the nail on two heads, the smart use of technology becoming operationally efficient and obviously being able to then use both of those elements to leverage yourself into that patient-centric business model, which is why I believe pharmacy owners are in existence because that's where your customers actually want you to be in front of them and spending time. I, I guess the biggest challenge that We've fo- we've focused on with with our pharmacy owners in our um, I guess 27 episodes so far is really trying to educate them on the on the on the basis of how they can actually help themselves and y- embrace the technology and what you've spoken about there. There's just so many elements um, that um, I guess pharmacy owners could be looking at in terms of becoming I guess more operationally efficient and getting their processes right. Where, where do you see as being the best starting point? Because like, as you say, we're gonna have listeners today who are gonna be potentially paper-based. Some may be in an intermediary. They may have their rosters on spreadsheets um, and they there may be a hybrid of the both. So where would you see is the best starting point to start to get the foundations right?
1: Yeah, look, it's a, it's, it's a good question, mate. Look, I think in terms of the foundations, I mean, what really underpins what we do um, we, we, within our business is, uh, and helping businesses better manage staff, obviously more efficient. It's really, that you, I think you mentioned it um, previously in our chat, but business process optimization is really the key of it and it's a, it's a pretty technical term, but I guess you can break that down into three areas and it's about, uh, I suppose the first is reviewing how you do things now. So just because you've done things the way you have doesn't mean it's right. So looking at each of your, each of your procedures. Um, actually defining those, so putting them down, just think a big checklist, one to 20, this is how I go through this, this procedure, then looking at evaluating that are there elements you can redefine can you simplify it? can you cut steps out and that's really the streamlining step but look the last one is definitely automate and the automate comes from technology Um, look I mean these days you know I think cloud software is is pretty common you know if you can use a web browser and you can browse the web there are a lot of soft uh, solutions out there that you know allow you to to quickly start doing things and I think uh, we've really focused on that when building our product easy employer and in trying to make it as easy to use as possible as intuitive as possible it's very visual um, but look at, at the end of the day you, uh, I think they really do need to jump in and start to have a play with some of these products that are out there um, you know to, to make that leap
0: Mm, no, absolutely. And, and, and as, as, I'll, as I always tell our owners, we need to make sure that the process is right because the technology can aid and automate that process. But if it's wrong in the first place, um, it isn't going to help you. So again, you mentioned Easy Employer and I will a- ask you about that because a lot of our listeners probably may not be aware of it. And for those of us, they may even have some users there as well. Um, but what what is the major, I guess, standpoint of why pharmacy owners take up Easy Employer? and you know, what obviously are the key benefits that they can see by engaging with that product?
1: Yeah, look, I'll take a step back just before we jump too much into the sure, product. Sure. I mean, what, what we do as a whole is essentially help businesses to, to better manage staff. And I mean, in pharmacy, that's the most important resource, right? So it's uh, it does revolve around optimising the way they manage staff, scheduling more efficiently, uh, tracking time accurately. And, and automating payroll and compliance is a big part of that as well um, I guess the key things are um, understanding controlling labor costs and especially with you know the PBS reforms and things that are going on at the moment that's a very important part of, of, of you know farms and becoming more efficient just reducing the time they're spending on administration as well because you know if you're on the floor you know taking care of your patients as you're mentioning Rob that's what you want to be doing mm. um, and you know putting more resources to run, running and growing your business so um, that's what we do as a whole and 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 that that involves some education some um you know i guess advice and then the, the product that underpins it though is really um, our product easy employer so uh why do people take up it? look it, it it effectively almost guides business owners through um efficient processes around staff management because we've built all of those workflows into the product so um i guess key key things are um, uh, empowering staff to play a role in the process is actually a really good benefit that's often overseen. So getting them to be able to put their availability online, um, requesting leave, they can accept additional shifts, they can handle their own shift swaps. You know, breaking that workload down um, from the from the payroll person down to the store manager and then down to the employee um, is a great way to achieve efficiency. And also if you get staff involved, it does actually help to build loyalty with the company as well. Um, look, ease of use is what flows right through the product from creating um, accurate and compliant rosters, seeing what the labour costs are in real time, communicating those rosters to staff so they'll get it on email and SMS and be able to reply to it and, and things like that. Just It just it pushes them into efficiency and um, especially the latter ends of the, the process with Easy Employer, which is, I suppose, collecting the times people are working and then automating that right through to payroll. So applying the, the pharmacy award, totaling up all those hours and then giving them an export out to their to their payroll application. So I guess key thing is it forces them into that process. It um, promotes communication with their staff. And just takes a lot of the load off the day-to-day stuff, really.
0: Mm, no, no, absolutely. And <clears throat> and I
1: think and I think it's probably a wise
0: thing to do, as you suggested. We'll park that for the moment, um, and I guess go back to where where pharmacy owners may be sitting in a lot of you know probably a two-year cycle of quality care, and obviously a lot of the time sheets, the rostering, the payroll. I guess is a byproduct of you know employing staff in general, and one of the you know, arduous processes is, as you've mentioned, getting your compliance with fair work, getting your contracts right. And obviously through the other things of getting your job descriptions and really understanding what staff you need at different times. And I imagine there's a good cycle involved there to be able to optimize that process in the business. So. Does, does your product also help with um, generating contracts and um, I guess templating the staff numbers or the uh, setup in each individual pharmacy?
1: Yeah, look, good question, Rob. We don't dabble too much into the HR side of things. So it's more an operational product, so things like uh, yeah, staff contracts, recruiting, performance reviews. Typically, we don't go, uh, we don't touch a lot with that. Um, we usually come in, you know, once the staff member actually hits the books, yep. um, that's usually when Easy Employee takes on. But look, we do, we, we are moving a little bit more into HR. So, one of the couple of key features we have in there, um, we've got a feature called Abilities, which is really about managing skills and qualifications. And that's obviously very important. I mean, the way pharmacy owners use Ease Employee for that is, They'll, um, you know, they'll have the the, the certifications that the, the pharmacist pharmacists need to be renewing. They'll have the different skills people need to have. They'll have S two S three training in there. So they they store all that information in there. And when the staff members actually complete that, it's marked off. And then you can have a reminder when it's up for renewal again. Uh, you can link that to pay as well if they complete a certificate a certification and needs to. Um, uh, trigger a higher hourly rate, there's workflows in for that. So that's probably the closest that we, we get into HR. Um, but if, if, if businesses do have a need around that, we do have HR consultants who will come in and sort of bring their own products in as well.
0: Okay, and I guess, I guess this will, we'll probably cover this down the, down the track as well, but do you also integrate with any other products as well that, you know, perhaps may support it? Um, one example that I have thought, thought of that a few pharmacies are using, uh, Workforce Guardian, which is a product that uh, helps you to develop your contracts and uh, make them obviously fair work compliant and so forth. Do you have any integration with those types of products?
1: Uh, mate, integration into HR solutions we haven't quite uh, we haven't quite got there yet. We haven't had a demand through many of our any of our existing clients to be able to do that. But look, it is on the radar. Workforce Guardian. There's another online HR platform called Action HRM as well, which is which is quite popular for a cloud solution. Um, yeah. So we do have a lot of integrations, but they're mostly with um, payroll accounting platforms. We integrate with over fifteen of those to to you know assist with the payroll side of things, but um, not so much in HR. But we are starting to get. As we're getting a little bit more into HR, some of those requests are getting a bit higher. So it's really only a matter of time until someone asks for it and we'll get in there and build it for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, terrific. And I guess from the starting point, so if we've got any pharmacy owners listening today and they're thinking, okay... I don't want to spend as many time. I want to take some of those hats off that I have sitting on my head, managing rosters, getting payroll done, and they may even have a part-time person working that potentially they may want to reuse within the business to become more patient-focused and so forth. So where is the best starting point in implementing the, the systems that we're talking about today? So getting into in, timesheets for example, getting your rosters online. Is there any preparatory work that they should be doing before they start that pathway?
1: Look, typically we find there is a level of education that we do need to give our clients or potential clients before they actually start on the, you know, the journey of a of a workforce management product or a staff management product. So Part of the service that we offer through HRM Web is we just do, um, I think it's got a Workforce Management Health Check and it's really there just to touch base with the different aspects of how they're doing things now where they could be actually improving and from that we do make some recommendations and look we try to be a little bit impartial from that side of things and give them some tips and techniques that they could actually take away and implement in their business now without actually having to you know to invest in a product but look the chunk of what we do recommend is really to to take a look at easy employer Uh, we normally do a demonstration of the product tailor it for pharmacy and run them through Basically, take them through that whole process from start to finish, and it's really not until they see that that 45-minute demonstration until they really get an understanding of how much benefit uh, this could provide in different areas of the solution. And look, from there, we have different solution options. They can get started just on rosters. They can go the full hog. We really try to be flexible. We're trying to introduce technology with our clients, and particularly in pharmacy, because uh, you know a lack of technology does exist in pharmacy, and we're conscious that it may take some time for people to pick that up.
0: Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I guess one of the beauties of, uh, of cloud-based technology is that you're not having to come in and uh, do a whole lot of technical uh, scoping around, uh, you know, whether they've got the right hardware and whether they've actually got to buy hardware to come in. And I guess that's a good question as well and that, in terms of getting started is it just simply an internet browser that you need or do you need any additional hardware like fingerprint scanners as we've seen with other products or other identification products or can your emplo- and employees even use smartphones in the process as well
1: yeah good questions there rob so look we we have uh, our packages start at $500 setup mate no no hardware um, they can. We set up the account. They can jump straight in and start playing around with rosters. So that's at the that's at the start starting scale. Um, to implement a solution right through into payroll, it, it can be hardware less in that um, we do have fingerprint scanners as well um, swipe cards and, and pin codes and all that sort of stuff and that's really if they it depends on how they want to be collecting timesheets or collecting time for staff so we do have a pin code system that just runs off a browser that doesn't have any hardware the fingerprint scanners are still great because you know it's locked to, to biometric technology um, we actually have a, our iphone and android app coming out out in the next two or three weeks actually which will allow staff To be uh, clocking on and off their shifts and their breaks from their phone So if you've got any people doing deliveries or anything like that, that'll help. Um, We're also tracking location on that too, so you can, you know, catch out those those cheeky employees who might be clocking on from home or whatnot. So um, it is it is really a horses for courses thing in terms of the solution and the time collection options. And and uh, but we do find a lot of our uh, especially pharmacies they will put a uh, a wall mounted touchscreen. In store, so when employees come to work, there's a dedicated place. It's at it's at head height, so they don't miss it. They put their fingerprint on, clock on and off, and off they go. So that is the most common, but you know we can keep it pretty cost effective without the hardware as well.
0: Well, I imagine with uh, with your upcoming iPhone and Android apps, you may even be able to mount a a low cost tablet um, as opposed to the touchscreen computer, which would be a significant cost saving, I imagine.
1: Yeah, no, look, no, absolutely, man. We, we've done, we've mounted the um, the um, Apple tablets, the um, iPads before as well. So our, our pin code, our browser-based pin code system can can run off a phone or tablet or anything as well. So they can mount that to the wall. Um, you know, other clients in other industries will take that on site, you know, if they're doing events or anything like that and have people clocking on. So it is about, when it comes to collecting time, it is about being flexible. You know, people want to do it different ways. And, and the key thing is, as long as those times end up on the timesheet and that you don't have to fill those out manually then you know it's all good.
0: Yeah absolutely and I guess when we relate this back to how we may have done it in the past and it may have been in through time cards or time sheets as well you always had that ability to write things on there as uh, quite often have seen over the years with uh, employees saying "Oh, I was 15 minutes late back from lunch because of this and that do, do, do the employees have that kind of option in the uh, touchscreen environment as well?
1: Yeah, look, it's a pretty important one, isn't it? Um, look, they've got a couple ways of doing that. There's a... There's an on-screen keyboard, or if it's on a PC, there's a keyboard they can leave messages on as they're clocking off their their shift. Um, otherwise, they can uh, they can log on online through their account and and leave a message there on the time sheet. So it is we, we do try and promote the fact that employees get involved, as I mentioned before. So it is important that you know if they're coming late or leaving early or taking long lunch breaks, they do leave uh, messages on that because they, the system does throw warnings to managers. So you, you set up business rules and it flags warnings and the managers make decisions based on what they see by comparing the timesheet back to the roster and that needs to factor in you know, what comments employees are leaving as well.
0: And that's just so valuable because you know, in in terms of managing the uh, HR-related data, you can have so much of it, but unless it's translating it itself into knowledge that you can actually use in the business without having to do some great big analysis, because you know, let's face it, we don't have the time to do that. Um, And I think it's also quite valuable to be able to put a lot of those tools into the hands of employees because ultimately, the last thing you want to be doing when you're finalizing your roster or sending off your payroll um you know to be to be processed at the bank is to actually be chasing people to find out why they came in late or what 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 happened there and whether they did did want to apply for leave and having i guess all of that into one place as well so how, how deep do you go in giving the employees control in that area
1: yeah, look, we're pretty pretty deep actually. We're, we've got some pretty detailed workflows around a lot of stuff you, you mentioned there. And look, a leave is probably a, a really good example. So, easy employer will pull in the leave balances from the payroll application. So, at any given point in time, when the employee goes to make a leave request, they'll see exactly uh, the balances that they have in there uh, at that time. And sometimes people want to businesses want to hide the sick leave balance for, for obvious reasons. That can be done. But and when they're putting a leave request in, if they're putting it in in the future, the system will actually project um, those um, pro rata those balances through into the future so they'll actually see exactly what their balance will be at that point of time, and that's really important for trying to prevent leave requests going through with uh, with negative balances, because once that hits the payroll team, as you mentioned, they're, they're making phone calls, they're calling managers, employees, trying to work out what to do with that leave, so um, so we, we try and get the employees involved as much as possible. I mean, Another example would be from a roster perspective, so um, uh, common, commonly I, I believe in pharmacy culture and with a lot of our clients, if a staff member can't work a given shift, you try to make it their responsibility to find someone else to cover it, you know, so the manager doesn't have to, to cop all that time. So yeah. within Easy Employer, they can actually go in and have a look at who else is suitable to work that shift. And suitable is really important in that it's only going to pick up people who, who match that role, who are available, who matches their business rules. We've got a really nifty algorithm around suitability so they can actually take the ownership Find someone that is suitable to work the shift. Put the request to easy employer, and then all the manager needs to do is give it the final approval. So there's workflows like that that we've really evolved a lot over the last sort of six or seven years, and and largely just based off real world. You know, we didn't we weren't really familiar with a lot of these, and then until we started getting client feedback, you know, we saw how much. Uh, how much we could do to automate the process, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, look, absolutely, and I guess there's a lot. There's investment and in far as far as changing your process and digitising it and putting it into a system like and like as employer. But I guess what also, also the responsibility of uh, managing the physical resources as well. We'll probably have owners on the line now who are looking at. <clears throat> Um, having a part-time bookkeeper that may also manage payroll, and they may also manage HR, or that might be a hat that they're wearing. So, I guess where do you see is that that in terms of the people that are managing this process in the business, once they can get to a, a ultra-efficient level using something like Easy Employer, you know, what type of investment do they need of themselves um, to optimize, you know, the process in the business, but also what other s- support do they need as far as their own team?
1: Yeah, look, typically, look, it does, it is case by case, you know, we deal with pharmacies with 10 staff up to groups with, you know, 30, 40 sites. So it does vary a lot. But I mean, if you're looking in generally in terms of a, a single operation, I suppose you've got typically the um, the owner might be one to review, you know, financial stuff and, uh, and, and and labor costs and all the rest of it. it's usually the retail manager we find. That, um, that, that that does the time to do the rosters and, the, and finalize the timesheets and the like. And I mean, look, we can get people up and running in two or three hours. I mean, we had someone come up to us at a trade show and want to switch from a competing product and we set them up overnight, gave them two hours training the next day and off they go. So it doesn't need to be a large time investment initially. Um, but I think a key, a key point you mentioned there is just around the bookkeeper. And I, I thought I might just quickly touch yeah, sure. on that. That's an important part of it as well. And, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners do have you know, a bookkeeper doing the payroll, or the uh, worst case, they're probably doing it themselves, which you know, I guess, is time wasted. So we, um, we we've evolved a little bit around that that side of things. That we do offer three solutions around payroll now, which to, to fit the case by case. So the first is is we'll, um, we'll we'll integrate with their existing application. So whether they're running the payroll internally using you know, mild QuickBooks, Attache, or any of those, or the bookkeepers doing it, we can integrate into that. Um, we can, we also have our own payroll, cloud payroll application as well, which I haven't mentioned called Payroll Guru, which really integrates seamlessly with Easy Employer and, and just improves that process. So if they do want to keep doing the payroll internally, we can cut that in half pretty much using our payroll solution. And look, for those who, who want to cut down on the risk, or the internal overheads, we do offer a managed payroll service as well. So um, there are there are options there. Um, you know, some people have a pretty tight relationship with their bookkeeper and they want to keep that going. Others are looking to try and cut costs there. And look, it's it's really case by case in in, in that space. Um, and so we, we you know we try to be flexible.
0: And so I guess the integration you're talking about there, is that ultimately bringing across, you know, journal entries into the accounting system for that to, I guess, sit with all of the other businesses' financials? Or are you looking at actually managing it as separately and, and obviously then it creates a, a separate system for, uh, I guess, the accountant to bring or bring it all together?
1: Yeah, look, a couple of things there. So if easy if, if we're integrating Easy Employee directly with their payroll application, that that's an export of the um, the, the the interpreted timesheet. So all of the different rates with for the employee with the different hours. So, you know, penalty rates, loadings, overtimes, weekends, public holidays, that all gets exported straight into the payroll application. That effectively eliminates the data entry in the the potential for, for for you know error there. Um, if they're using our payroll solution or our managed payroll service, then yeah, we provide an export into the GL for the accounting application.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And any 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 double data entry that you can avoid is uh, time, time saved anywhere. And I think if we can uh, eradicate that, it's going to go a long way to becoming more operationally efficient. Uh, uh, absolutely. So, Michael, well, uh, a lot of our listeners may be thinking, okay, this part of it relates to me, this part relates to me. But I guess what would be your favourite case study or example that you've seen perhaps in the last year where you know the solutions that you've implemented is perhaps even revolutionary the pharmacy business by them, you know, using it to its full, full uh, capabilities.
1: Yeah. Okay. So probably one that comes to mind, um, would be, um, would be, yeah, one of the pharmacy groups we did, but it was a couple of years ago now. We've, we've probably done some big ones since, but they had about eight locations and, And there was uh, about 120 staff and they had someone at head office who basically, her job was to, almost. she almost had a business development role, but her job was basically 40 hours a week just managing staff. She really had little time to be doing anything else. And and, um, this was an interesting one because they were doing their rostering and their time sheeting centrally from head office across the eight locations which we don't often see usually the site managers do that but basically she was spending you know 40 hours a week managing staff she was i think it was six or seven hours on a sunday evening would you believe doing rosters you Mm -hmm. know for the for the week ahead. So what we, what we managed to get in there for her, I think so we implemented the full solution with our payroll solution and I think she ended up saying, like she ended up spending about an hour on a Sunday instead of six hours on a Sunday doing rosters. I think she got her time down to about five or six hours a week mate from 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we defined that as it was about 80, 85% time saving. Um, they only really got a, because um, one of the key benefits is annual labour cost saving as well, you know, efficiently scheduling and capturing time. and and Variance reporting allows them to save on their annual costs. Like we've we've achieved up to 10% of annual payroll with some of our clients, you know. Um, this particular pharmacy, they were actually quite efficient with the way they were staffing. So they but they still even got a two or three uh, percent saving. Um, and one of the most interesting points about this this client though was that they'd spend Um, four or five thousand dollars on a consultant to try and um, define the pharmacy award and try and articulate it in the way they could apply it and when we did our analysis they were overpaying staff overpaying staff they paid four or five k so we not only did we fix that or recognize and fix it we implemented a solution that completely automated that process so it was compliant and automated and they actually did have a a fair work audit I think last year and they passed it a hundred percent so that was great feedback for us as well
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great segue as well because I think a lot of pharmacy owners looked at that. And, uh, you know, I think some may even have purchased the, I guess, the plain English guide to the pharmacy industry award because it was just so hard to actually uh, comprehend what it means. And also, you know, when the fair work audits were threatened to go out there as well, people were scrambling to think, well, do I have seven years of rosters stored somewhere? So uh, I guess, how how do you solve that problem? And I guess, what confidence can a pharmacy owner have? have uh, embracing your solution.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, we've we've been in pharmacy for I think seven or eight years now, mate. So we we evolved the product a lot in that space. And one of the the key the key benefits, uh, I guess, of Easy Employee, it does have a very very powerful award interpreter, and that's just because we've evolved it over time. So we can really get into the nitty gritty with a lot of the um, a lot of the aspects to an award that I think a lot of other providers sort of overlook. And one example that comes to mind there is um, a very specific one, but around part timers and how if you you know you rostered them on for for regular shifts every week but if you do need to call them in you know within 24 hours then you are supposed to pay them an overtime rate um if you know within 24 hours of the shift so you know we have an ability there that the manager can actually just tick a box on the timesheet and straight away that shift will now throw flow through the system and 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 and, and trigger overtime. So there's a, there's a lot of little workflows like that um, that can catch catch people out. And look, they are all optional. We understand not everyone does want to follow the award exactly. It is very complicated. So there are options around that. But at, at, at the end of the day, we implement what they want to do. What they want to. Um, Uh, how they want to use it we give them advice and it's compliant from that point of view and another aspect to mention as well it it is compliant with the qcpp requirements around staffing as well so the need the the needs um for having the names and the break times and all that stuff on the roster and the timesheets and all the rest of it so um i'm pretty sure we've got just about everything covered um that that you can cover because a lot of parts of an award you can't actually automate they are very very difficult Um, but we we do achieve a level of um automation and compliance clients that I believe is higher than other providers in the workplace, in the market.
0: Oh, terrific. And, and I guess, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, when you do have staff that, you know, are between 16 and 21, that they have their birthdays and often their rate changes every, every year. So have you got to the point where, you know, birthdays can trigger a change in the hourly rate and a notification to the, uh, to the employee or is, it, is that uh, not entirely automated just yet?
1: yeah no that's a key part of the system mate so um so what when we designed that feature initially we did actually build it to to actually automate the rate change and um we had some really quick feedback early on that people did not want pay changes happening automatically so we removed that feature so now basically what it does is it triggers it triggers a um a a reminder for the payroll person to say you know so-and-so's birthday happened during this period click here to update their rate. So it all needs to be approved by the payroll person before it gets applied. Um, There's reminders for um, birthdays, anniversaries, probation periods, Um, expiration of, you know, skills and qualifications. So that is a very key part of the workflow to make sure that they're not missing any of those changes.
0: Yeah, and particularly those probationary periods as well, because, uh, you know, there's not a great deal of flexibility afforded to pharmacy owners once you've actually gotten outside of that period. And uh, certainly if you haven't had the time yet to actually schedule that review, uh, meeting with the the employee to ensure that everyone's uh, obviously meeting their expectations on both sides. So no, very, very valuable with that. And I don't think that can ever be undersold enough. And I guess in terms of pharmacy owners operating this, so we've covered off of the fact that, you know, at the base level, you don't need any software, you can just operate from the cloud. And, um, you know, if you've got an internet browser and so forth, but I guess for for pharmacy owners that may be on the other end of the spectrum and they've already got um, a rostering solution, it may it could be yours, it could be a a different one. You know, where do you think is, you know, the next, you know, next couple of one percenters that they could be going for um, in terms of it, we've spoken a bit about automation, but how far do you think the automation can go?
1: Yeah, look, it's a it's a good question, mate. Look, in terms of um, existing solutions and what what our you know what people are using out there, um, I think a symptom of cloud software these days is there's something to do everything right. There's something there's a best of breed solution for everything under the sun, and what end up to happen is. People are using, you know, 5, 10, 15 different products. And then the biggest problem these days is integration. You know, how do those products all talk to each other, how they work? So what we see is that often people will be using a roster application and obviously they'll have a payroll one and then they'll try and retrofit a, a time sheet application in the middle and then they'll try and plug a fingerprint scanner. And, and the, the, the biggest problem we actually see is that there's two, they've got too many of them that aren't talking together. Um, and so it's, it's sort of hard to, to suggest anything on top of that. And um, look, that's the only way we've solved that is by building a product that has six solutions in one, which has its own challenges. Um, but look, I mean, in terms of technology, uh, look, uh, most of the pharmacies these days have you know point of sale systems. They uh, they have dispense the systems. Um, I mean, I've even seen some of those automatic dispensers and, you know, Webster packing devices and, yeah, um, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, look, the, the biggest thing I can just say is that, um, is that they're probably using a lot of individual applications and, and the real value is actually when you start to plug them all together.
0: Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the opportunities there are quite endless. You could potentially have a traffic counter as the as the customers are walking into the pharmacy and if it hits a certain load of traffic that it actually send, send sends a notification into a system like yourselves to actually get the uh, retail manager to look at increasing the staff levels immediately because you're absolutely. obviously under stress at that point in time. Well, and on I,
1: that note, Robert, I was just going to say, so one of the, you're exactly right traffic counters is a, is a really successful thing in retail and we're actually undergoing development at the moment to be able to integrate with a, with some of the other solutions that are doing traffic counters and pull that pull that uh, that information into Easy employee because um, you know one of the things I'm going to talk to at PbN 2014 is about how setting labor budgets can actually hold businesses back because you know if you don't have enough staff on the floor then you're not converting the sales and the only real way that you know you have enough staff on the floor is to be tracking the people walking into your store it's not looking at the previous sales you've done because you could have missed some of those sales right yeah. so it's about being able to understand right how many people are actually coming on when is the most common time of the day they're actually coming in and i need to make sure i have enough staff on during those times so just want to give you one quick example on that and this isn't a pharmacy example but it's a colleague of mine who was in retail for 25 years and so he was running a retail store um, where they they ended up working out that a lot of people were coming into the store in the morning the lunchtime and the evenings and that was just because of the way where they were in the um uh, in the in the city and so he they didn't have that they, they had one person opening the store they had a lot of people going on lunch breaks around lunchtime and one person closing now when he came in he basically made sure that people started earlier, they had two staff opening earlier, two staff closing later, which meant they weren't taking their lunch breaks so close to the middle of the day. And he went from, uh, was it, $190,000 weekly revenue to $210,000, so an extra $20,000 revenue in the first week just by making sure they had enough staff on to convert, you know, to sales of the traffic that was coming into the store. So that's probably one of the key things that I'd say that pharmacy owners um, can miss, A little bit is, you know, they are retailers and you need to make sure you have enough staff on during those peak times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's also a key touch point as well that the majority of pharmacy owners are probably better patient clinicians than retailers and often these types of strategies can get missed and I think as also you mentioned there as well in terms of maximizing the effectiveness of you know managing your traffic and staffing appropriately you probably only have a limited time available to do that because if that happened too many weeks in a row then those customers who are getting missed all the way through and it may not be the same ones each time uh, they may just decide to shop at a competitor because they're better staffed so it's, exactly. Uh, it's, it's really being dynamic with it as well and, you know, not basically getting the rosters out at the beginning of the year and saying, right, we've got our rosters set for 12 months and not touching it until uh, the next January when you have an opportunity. So I think, you know, what, what you're doing in, with your product in terms of being able to translate that HR data and, and payroll data into some knowledge that pharmacy owners can take on board, I think it's such a valuable opportunity for pharmacy owners to take up. Absolutely. Uh, terrific. Now, Michael, I do like to finish with this one. It's a little bit of a curly question and, and you may, may or may not have something up your sleeve, but I love, <laughs> I love asking it. What, what is the biggest game changing technology? And it doesn't have to be um, business process management or HR or payroll, but that if time and resources were no barrier in pharmacy, what would you look at implementing today? <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, you might you might have me there mate um <laughs> time, yeah okay biggest biggest technology um event. look um yeah look i haven't got anything exciting the only thing i can say mate is we've we got to get all their systems talking together i think let's let's start it let's start at the base uh, I see a lot of the products in there that don't talk and a lot of the inefficiencies that come from that. But uh, look, I, I'm known for not being the most creative type, mate, but uh, that's where I would start. And then someone will come up with a great idea that we can launch from there.
0: Oh, look, absolutely. Look, integration is a huge one. It, it, there's no doubt about it. You know, we, we've spoken about it in a number of occasions with different different technology partners. Um, you know, even Paul Naismith was talking about how Fred, when it was first developed, um, was only it was never intended to integrate with up to 30 things that it is doing right now so i think the more of our products that can develop those application programming interfaces or the things that allow systems to talk to each other um i think that'd be probably a great a great starting point and and obviously you know with with the way your you've approached your product development you know that integration something that is very key to you as well
1: absolutely yeah it's it's very important mate very important
0: uh, very, very good, Michael. It's been great having you on t- this morning and I look forward to catching up with you at PVN. I- I'm uh, presenting on the Friday, but I've got no doubt we'll uh, cross paths over the weekend and look forward to following HRM Web's journey and having you back in the not too distant future.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Rob. It's been a, a pleasure to be on and uh, hopefully a couple of things there could, could help the listeners and uh, yeah, look forward to catching up and staying in touch. Thank you very much.
0: Cheers, no worries. Well, I reckon after healing all of that, we should start clearing our schedule and end up scheduling more patient appointments because we're going to have a lot more time if we can take heed of some of the advice that Michael has given us today. Very hard again to nut out exactly three key learnings, but that, as per transformation tradition, that's exactly what you're going to have. So, look, number one, uh, the challenges in the industry that exist around lacking efficiency in staff management, payroll processing, and you know, just really being able to get our timesheets and all our administration and even staff availability known to us in a very easy, concise, efficient manner is always going to be a challenge. And the important thing is, as Michael suggested, that we don't all of a sudden just jump into using the technology for technology's sake without really reviewing our procedures and really understanding the elements and what can actually be improved. Because we may actually, even in a manual process, have a lot of inefficiency and duplication because of the way we do things. So I I reckon it's a great idea to actually be looking at those policies and procedures as we probably do per quality care tradition anyway every two years, but looking at all of that before you start automating it with technology. And obviously the technology, it carries out probably your best practice and it may even enhance your processes and policies that you have currently because of the very nature of the fact that it's been developed by human resource and payroll specialists. Number two, And really the important thing to recognise as we talk about a lot on this show and particularly when we start leveraging cloud technology is that you can start with no hardware, literally start with no hardware. If you have an internet connection and that applies to not just Easy Employer and HRM Web's products but a lot of the others and even Pharmacy Guild of SA that we spoke to Michael a few weeks ago, it's really important that you realise that you don't need to have these you know, mother frame or mainframe systems are sitting at the back of your pharmacies and having a team of IT to actually manage it for you. That cloud really does enable the experts and also the technical experts who make all the little bits and pieces run work on it on your behalf. And as we've spoken about on this show, you're buying a seat on an A380 instead of having to manage your own private plane. And managing your own private plane is ultimately what you'd be doing if you wanted to own the infrastructure required to run this on a private network yourself. Not to mention the cost that we all don't need and can't afford at the moment. So you can literally be using, as we're hearing that there are being iPhone and Android apps available to enable clock in and clock off. So you don't need to go quite to the extent of fingerprint scannings or retina scans that may come up as well. You don't need to do that, but you can literally just start very, very simple and start to get great benefits as Michael used a great case study where you can be saving up to 85% of your time, uh, which is a great opportunity there for those of us particularly who have multiple sites and uh, really end up duplicating a lot of back office uh, possibilities. The third one is, There are missed opportunities which go unseen and unrecognized every single day and I reckon every pharmacy should have a traffic counter in there and the reason for having it is not again just to garner more statistics and more data because we've never been more data rich but knowledge poor but actually use that data to create the knowledge around what those customers represent in your business. So, for example, if you're able to get a traffic counter of all of your customers that come in the pharmacy and marry that up with the number of customers you've served through your tills, you'll be able to tell very, very quickly, very specifically, whether or not you've had enough team members on the floor to service those customers. Because if your ratio is sitting up very high that you've got... 100 customers an hour coming in, but you've only got about 60 transactions going through your till. What's happening with those 40 customers and why didn't they buy something and why didn't they transact with you? Was it because they were underserviced and you missed them? And of course, particularly when we're doing rostering, it allows us to refine and change our rostering and the times of our shifts to actually suit the changing nature of our business. We have to remember that our pharmacies are constantly being in a dynamic environment. You are never going to have the same number of customers and the same problems every single week. So you can't cookie cutter it. It needs to be recognised. You need to have systems that are able to help you recognise when your customers are changing and whether they might be changing to come in at specific times so that your business can adapt to them. Well, that brings us to the end of a massive episode. So much learned, but hopefully a lot of value that you can take away and start implementing in your business and taking action immediately. So much time to be saved by streamlining our back office and our series will continue down that pathway. Just a few reminders, I hope to see as many of you at PBN tomorrow afternoon and helping you communicate with your team in only 20 minutes a week. I can't wait to bring that to you. And if you can't make it along... Join transformation.com.au. The community will be live on Monday. I'll have the video in there as soon as it's available from the Pharmacy Guild. And I hope to get you involved in that as well. And remember, if you're coming to the event, hit me up on Twitter. You can order your book by Twitter. It's very uh, innovative, hopefully. And uh, come see me at the afternoon tea break. And you can pick up your Transformation show bag. So have a great week, everyone. I look forward to you speaking to you next week. Bye for now.